0: Okay, here we go. So we just had the last session for my campaign for a while, and um, stuff happened. So to start off, um, the group of adventurers entered the final room. Um, now, I had said last time that the rooms sort of mimicked each other, like one had wild magic, the other had anti-magic, things like that, um, or they... they Opposed each other, I should say. They were opposites. This was definitely my least well-fought-out matching pair. <laughs> um, so it was unfortunate that this is last. That wasn't the plan. The plan, originally, that I was hoping would be that the last rooms would be um, the one with the high hit points, low armor class, and low hit point, high armor class rooms. But that's not how it worked out. That's fine. Um... So this room matched the room full of crocodiles, and the idea behind this room was that the crocodile room represented an obvious threat, whereas this room represented a subtle threat. And so going in, my players knew that this room was the opposite of the crocodile room, and so they were throwing out some ideas of what it could possibly be. And I have to say, their ideas were better than mine, not going to lie. <laughs> so, anyway, that's how it goes as a DM like, you know, you you have a plan and and you hear the characters like trying to figure out what you have planned and as they're going through like their theories, you realize that their theories are better than what you had planned. And yeah, that's kind of what happened, but that's okay. Um so they get into the room and they don't see anything except a bunch of jewels on the walls. I thought the characters would go in, given their predilection for, you know, shiny things. That they would, you know, at least investigate it, touch it. But yeah, they were not having any of that. They went in and they're like, yeah, I'm just heading straight for the, the goal, the key. Let's not mess with this. So, they didn't mess with any of it. Went straight to the back of the room. And <laughs> Uh, they get back there and there's this huge chest, like a ginormous chest, and and this is this is one of the reasons I love Red as a player. Um, she walks up to the chest and she's like, you know, don't be a mimic, which is a joke with our group from a TikTok. And of course, it was a mimic. Everyone knew it was a mimic. Walking into this, seeing the setup, they're like, yeah, that's that's a mimic, but. At the same time, they're like, well, you know... Gotta do something. So, Bambi walks up... Touches the chest... Gets swallowed by the chest. Um, Initiating the combat... It was pretty hilarious to watch. Um, And the mimic had a thing where... If it took enough damage... It would spit her back out. So, she got swallowed. It took a bunch bunch of damage... Either from her or me on mine... Who was outside of it. Um... So, Bambi got spit out, and then it swallowed me on mine, and then it ended up swallowing Stree, and meanwhile, (laughs) because this is how it goes in, so Bambi rushed in, she was front of the pack, got there first, and I believe Shimei and Bear were at the back of the pack, Bear was definitely at the back, um, trying to catch up to the rest of the group, Bear, somebody, I think it was Bear, ended up messing, or once once the mimic was initiated, all the jewels that turned out to be a swarm of small mimics uh, attacked the rest of the party. And it was kind of hard. I, I wish I'd had a better set of rules for running the swarm. I think I did okay. Um, but yeah, I kind of wish i would I'd found a more logical way to run it. But that's okay. It worked out. So Bear was taking care of the swarm. He was attacking and trying to burn through the swarm... ...while the rest of the team was desperately trying to deal with this huge mimic. Um, and eventually, you know, despite people getting swallowed and spat back out... ...they were able to kill it, get the key, get out of the room. So, the last room they go into... ...the, the last room in the in the castle... There's a big door with a bunch of different types of keys. And, you know, it matched the the shape of the keys that they had. They didn't, that wasn't going to be a puzzle I was going to mess with at this point. <laughs> so they put the keys in, open the door. It's a dark room and they see that there is a symbol on the floor, a glowing symbol, which they know is, they, they, they look at it, make an arcana check, figure out that this is what is binding the spell to to the, the place of Alantars. So they know they need to do something. Everyone goes into the room, except Bear. Which, you know, you notice you're starting to see some trends here where like with the Goodwoods Coopers, everyone goes in to the, you know, to the thing that's probably a trap, except Bear. <laughs> Maybe it's because We're married and Bubby knows me best, or is least likely to play along with the, you know, obviously going to be a fun encounter kind of thing. But anyway, Bear stayed out. Everyone else went in. They start messing with stuff and the teeth chomp down. Everyone's in the belly of the beast um, and gets swallowed by the Kraken. And so now we have we have a kraken on the playing field. I was so excited. I was so excited to run this. So nervous because a kraken is a big deal. Now, I didn't want to TPK my characters because once again, I I assumed that, that was a possibility like I could, but you know, at the time in my innocent naive DM brain, I was like, I don't want to TPK them, so I used juvenile kraken stats. And um, to make sure that the encounter was still balanced, because I've learned, you know, you can't just have one big baddie. Um, there were two Kraken Priests on either side. Um, which, they weren't Kraken Priests, they were uh, kind of guardians that were brought to life that had the Kraken Priest uh, stats. Uh, basically reskinned. But anyway, so I figured that this would this would help balance the thing. And I think it would have been, I think it would have been a very balanced encounter. Uh, You know, encounter, (laughs) except I definitely um, underestimated and forgot some things. So the group is in the Kraken. They're trying to figure out what to do. Um, They're fighting the Kraken from the inside, bears on the outside trying to deal with the priests who uh, cast command on him and told him to flee. And um, he had failed his save and, and was fleeing. So it looked, like initially it looked bad. Everyone was in the Kraken. Bear was leaving. Um, things were going bad. And in one turn, I think it was Shimei or... Street. Uh, someone. Someone did like 38 points of damage. And the number that you needed... To make the crack and make a con save was 38 points of damage. Exactly. So they did just the right amount of damage that it had to make the save. Failed its con save. I rolled really bad with this monster. Because it has, like, an insanely large plus to its con. To, to any save. Um, anyway, it failed its save. Threw everyone up. Now, Now everyone's on the playing field. And... The Barbarian, me on mine. Oh my gosh, I was so excited. Me on mine went into a frenzied rage, and it was like game on. I was so excited to see how this was going to go. Me on mine was going to just, I mean, beat the crap out of this kraken. Like, I, you know, there were going to be punches. Stuff was going to happen. Um, it gets around to Shimei's turn. Shimei has this weapon called uh, the Devotee's Cleanser, which I believe is a great axe. And this weapon has an ability that I forgot about, you know, which I think when I gave this to them, I think this is an episode where I was like, "Hey, I like to give them all this stuff because I like to see the creative things they do that are unexpected and make, you know, make it interesting." And well, that's that's what happened. Um, It has this ability where if the creature has an evil alignment, it's possible the ground will open up beneath it and it will be dragged to the infernal plane or dragged it it'll it'll be dragged off and killed. It it it'll be gone. So <sighs> Cryptus is asking everyone at the table. Does anyone know if a kraken has an evil alignment? I'm pretty sure it does, but I want to make sure. And as a DM, I should have been asking myself why this was so important to him, but I was focused on the battle and uh, someone else rolled an arcana check and said, yeah, it's probably evil. Um, he was like, I'm going to risk it. It has like three or four charges to do this thing. Like, and they're like, they're, it's like a wish sword. Like you use the charges and they're gone. So he used a charge and I rolled the dice behind the table or behind the screen. And I think I rolled like a five and the save it needed was like a 20 So even with its plus 10 whatever that it had, it was not enough to make the save. And there's definitely a moment as a DM where I'm looking at the dice, I'm looking at my players, everyone is paused, (laughs) waiting to see what's about to happen. And there is definitely the temptation to fudge the dice roll. I mean, it has such a huge plus, it wouldn't be a huge stretch to think that it had made its save. However... There was no good reason. There was no good reason to to mess with the dice roll, and I'm very glad I I ignored the urge um, because I it made it so much cooler. You know, there it was. It was a pretty epic moment. The barbarian was livid. I mean, they were in a frenzied rage before to hit the kraken. They were even more enraged after <laughs> once the kraken was just gone. Um, yeah. (laughs) Oh, and the other thing, the Kraken had, um, for a legendary action done in ink cloud. So it was actually hard to see, but its tentacles were flying out everywhere. And that was the other thing is she may had to be able to see it and he had asked, and that was another opportunity that I had to not let this happen. But like I said, I'm glad, I'm glad it did. It made what I thought was going to be an epically long battle much shorter <laughs> significantly shorter but cinematically it was really i mean i thought it was pretty cool and you know it worked it took out the kraken so you know well done to my players um it was it was good <laughs> it was really good um and that was that was the big bad that was the big bad we'd kind of been building up to for like the last five sessions and kind of this whole this whole campaign like was building up to this big thing that was going to happen and and, uh they they pulled it off easily handedly nobody died so yeah my fortune teller person (laughs) had to kind of make the you know lame like oh well it didn't happen this time but it's going to happen (laughs) kind of thing uh which Bubby was not afraid to point out was pretty lame (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it's okay though, you know, it worked out and so the group came out the townspeople start to emerge from some caves that were kind of like kind of like a storm shelter kind of thing where they had taken refuge before the spell went off and then they were frozen in time and they came out and then the people that had been outside of the city came in and reunited with the people uh, they talked with Lena Wicklin who had brought uh, Tessalia from the Fairwoods to greet them and to let them know that their reward, which uh, you know, is what every adventurer is interested in. It's like, okay, I did the thing. Where's my reward? <laughs> um, their reward was back in the Fairwoods. They were built their own keep. And they had saved three countries. They had saved uh, Alexandria, Antares, and the Fairwoods. And so the leaders got together and decided that the Fairwoods would probably be the best place for the keep. And <laughs> the group of adventurers very, very much agreed. They did not want to be in Alexandria with all the um, League of Adventures. They didn't want to be in Alantarsk because they were sick of the water. Um, and they liked the Fairwoods. So um, as they're talking, um, the... <laughs> Yeah, Zena uh, told me I better bring this up, so I'm I'm going to mention it. Um, as they're talking, they were talking to Tasalia about the keep and how this would be kind of it would be technically under the Fairwoods' purview, but it they they would kind of be like their own rulers. You know, they'd make the rules for the area that they were in charge of, um, and provided they didn't do anything gregarious. They would be left alone. <laughs> and uh, Bambi's like, What is aggregate? You know, what do you mean by egregarious? Which made me laugh because I was thinking, like, you know, like, how much can I get away with? Like, what do you mean? How bad do I have to be before I get in trouble? Um, so I start laughing. Everyone else starts laughing because egregarious is a, not a word. Egregious is a word, gregarious is a word, but eggarious, not a word. <laughs> so yeah, you know, as a DM, you do your best. And, you know, <laughs> when you mess up, it makes it funny. Hopefully, that's how the group felt, at least. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, the group was sent back to their keep. They were very excited to return um, and have, now they have kind of their own base of operations I'm excited to see how what they're going to do with it and they're going to get to kind of make it their own um they're going to have to hire servants for it and everything it's going to be fun uh we didn't role play that this time though because that you know I wanted the wrap up to be kind of more closure and concise um one thing that did happen was when they went to rest that night their first night and their keep uh everyone everyone had a thing Uh, Bambi um, had (laughs) her coin ring and uh, she basically got the message to call her mother. (laughs) Um, Because most of the things that they had were kind of continuations of some of the stuff that they already had or plot points that have kind of been going on. Um, Mia and mine had a dream, which she's been having uh, a lot of which i don't know if i mentioned she can catch lightning now like and and redirect it and that's an ability actually that the kraken had i was excited to see how that was going to happen and it didn't so sorry xena my bad <laughs> anyway um so yeah because yeah the idea that i had there was like they they had the two priests that me and mine did eventually take out um like single-handedly i think just like was so enraged just you know punch punch done um but anyway the the idea kind of was that the kraken would you know it had lightning immunity which i assumed the group would have figured out it would have cast lightning mia mine would have caught some of it and redirected it to the priest's that was the idea there anyway mia mine had a dream with the same person being that's been showing up in her dreams, and was given an offer. And I had warned Xena in advance that this was going to be on the table. Um, And we didn't make any decisions this time because it was the end of the campaign for now anyway, so no reason to make the decision right now. But they were offered to basically become a warlock, that this person could become their patron. Um, They could either switch their whole class to warlock. Um, The idea, I kind of came up with this Um, As I was watching Xeno play the character, I wasn't sure if they were really enjoying playing Barbarian, and I wanted to give them an opportunity to switch to a class if they didn't like the Barbarian that much. Um, And they've since really come into the Barbarian, but I kind of had the seeds already there, so I figured, yeah, I'll just still give them the option. So they can switch their whole class from Barbarian to Warlock, if they choose. Or they can begin to multi-class Or they can refuse the offer outright and stay barbarian. So we'll see what happens. Uh, So they had that dream. And then Bear had a dream where a mystery lady that he has not seen before appeared to him. And said that he seemed pretty interested in her. And she would be interested in him working for her. Um, that he had already met two of her compatriots or companions or her friends, something like that. I forgot exactly how I worded it. And, uh, and then he woke up and he woke up with a coin that had a skull on one side and a feather on the other. And I'm excited to see how that turns out. (laughs) Because that one's definitely a mystery. (laughs) She may... Had a vision from his deity that was a little more abstract, um, but was left with the feeling that that something is coming, and they need to prepare for the the big bad. It was basically something wicked this way comes. That was the dream in a nutshell. Stree didn't get a dream. <laughs> um I think <laughs> I think initially, she was. Relieved, not to <laughs> not to be a part of that nonsense, um, which quickly resolved itself when there was knock at the door. A man was there with a toddler and asked to see the one called an Austriana. Um, me on mine was was the one that answered the door and was kind of very protective of her friends. I think if some, I think if some assassin person showed up, like looking like they were ready to kill someone and asked for bear, like me mine would probably be like, Oh yeah, he, you know, sleeps over there. <laughs> but you know, depending on the characters um, in this case, me mine was like, you know, who are you? What do you want with this person? Like wouldn't let them anywhere near them. Wouldn't, you know, didn't get Stree until she ascertained that this person didn't seem to be a threat. Called down the street. Street walks down the stairs. And the girl. The small girl. Says mommy. And runs to street. And that's where we ended the session. Because <laughs> uh, yes. I do like to end on a cliffhanger. You guys know this. So it was a lot of fun. It was oh, very bittersweet to end my stint as a DM for now. Um, it needed to happen though. Um with a lot of the stuff that I have going on, um, I'm not able to put as much energy into this as I'd like anymore. Um, and, and you know, I think after a while, the players, like, they're super cool, super awesome, but they get tired of a specific DM style after a while and are ready for a new DM. And Cryptus has kindly agreed to DM. We'll be playing... Uh, Prince of the Apocalypse, and I'm I'm super excited to be a player again and to not have to stress about making all the all the things. I'm just gonna get to play, um, but I'm I'm going to try to recap those sessions for you guys. So uh, this probably won't be the last podcast, but it's been fun. I look forward to getting to pick up the mantle of DM again here in two or three years. <laughs> Anyway, um, thanks for listening, and I will see you guys again soon. Bye.